On this week's Rain on Your Parade, we discuss the man of the hour, Donald Trump, and who's a bigger piece of shit, him or his supporters? Welcome back, everybody, to Rain on Your Parade with J.L. Covan. I'm J.L. Covan here, as always, with friend and producer, not necessarily in that order, Mike. Hi, everybody. Hi, JL. How you doing? I'm good. It's very cold outside. Horrible. It's brick as hell, isn't it? It is, but I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm still fat. Yeah. It just doesn't. When I was in shape, boy, <laughs> did I hate the cold. I yeah. couldn't get, couldn't wait to get inside and fuck some hot chick. <laughs> but now I'm fat, gross, you know, in a long-term relationship. It's yeah. just cookies streaming and some cuddling for yeah. me. So. Uh, bring it on, cold. Bring it on. I can handle it now. There's nothing going on in my life uh, that says don't make it cold. Um, I'm coming in uh, hot today. Yeah. Maybe people can tell from my energy. Not hot, ang- well, a little angry. Uh, two women hit me with their carts in Trader Joe's like they did the the turn. I'm leaving. I'm not going to go through the lane. I'm going to make a turn here because I've decided I don't want anything else in this aisle. Uh, and then hit me with the basket. Yeah. And I think... Oddly enough, you'd think somebody of my size and just general angry look would get apologies very, like very quick, like oh, oh, oh. not in this neighborhood. But amigo. I also think I'm so scary yeah. that I get sometimes I get the frozen in fear, and I want to lean down and go. I think the word you're looking for is sorry, <laughs> like the T Rex from Jurassic Park. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, um, I got that, but I was coming from my physical, my annual physical. Yes. Um, and the nice, uh, you know, physician's assistant for, uh, took my blood. Hurt like hell. She really fucked this one up. It never hurts. This one, she must have hit something. Ugh. And it and it hurts. Do you but, ever get afraid that they are going to, like, pop something or do something that, like, so well, somebody Well, I'm just afraid now. Up? I'm at the age and weight yeah. that when I go to the doctor... I'm now afraid. There was this point uh-huh. till about 37, 38, where I was like, let's get over with great shape. I have a great life. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, right. Now I go to the doctor and I'm like, just one more year. Give me one more fucking year of no problems. Yeah. So it's a very weird switch that happens. And I feel like if I wasn't as big as I am, as tall as I am. And my, my mom is about to turn 80 and my father passed away at 85. Yeah. So there's this good genes run yeah. through my system. But you're still, um, and mixed breed dogs live longer also. Mm-hmm. I hope that translates for humans. <laughs> um, but big dogs die early. So I'm really, uh, if, if I'm a dog, I'm, I've got competing schools of the thought. The science is all over the, the place. Sci- here. You know what? You know what? The science <laughs> is everywhere. Do your research. Yeah. That's what I'm telling the listeners right now. But I, I go to the doctor. Uh, we have a nice chat. Uh, I get my, you know, all the tests came back positive. Great. So we Wait, positive as in like, no, no, you're positive, positive. Like for... I'm going to die soon. So we have good <laughs> news. It. Finally, 20, I said 2024 was my year. Yeah. Um, nobody said to me at one point, um, I was describing some faint faintness and fatigue I've been feeling. And he wanted to rule out that it was a cardiac issue. And he said, well, okay, from what you're telling me, it's, it's, and the EKG is good. It's not your heart. So I did the thing like an NBA player. I like pulled my shirt to the side <laughs> the and went thing. like, <laughs> Uh, and he said, but you are going to die soon. I go, oh, <laughs> anyway. So, and then I took the subway here. I went to my old IHOP, my old building in the Bronx. If people could see where I, where I grew, where I first grew up, they'd think much more street of me, even though it was a, a safe precinct. It looks very Bronx. <laughs> it's a clean halls building now, which means that cops can just go in and like investigate when they want to. That's like ah. part of the term of si- like signing a, a, 
a lease in a, in a clean halls yeah. building. It wasn't a clean halls building when we lived there, but when I was uh, about to turn seven, my upstairs neighbor, a Latin woman, stabbed her boyfriend, mm. which thus began my lifelong love affair with Latinas. And right. uh, we got out of there. And then I think it became a clean halls building afterwards. Um, so uh, the IHOP right near my building, I went there and I made it here. I took three different trains and I got from Northwest Bronx, way up on the one line, to the studio in redacted Brooklyn. <laughs> you could say Williamsburg. Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I always do. I think I always talk about the women. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah. why I pretended like it was a secret. Yeah. In like 43 minutes, like the New York subway system. I'm going to say something controversial here. We just did a crime episode last week. Yeah. It's worth the crime for the efficiency. That's the thing, man. I don't know. It's been a few years since you've been here. I don't know how efficient it always is. You're right. That is amazing that you got down here in that time. And there are times. Mid- midday, too. Not yes. like it's 430 and everything's running every two right. minutes. You you are definitely. I mean, like that. That's a good experience. Two dollars and ninety cents. Yeah, but I heard three boroughs <laughs> of New York City. But what happens when the one train runs somebody over and then you're like you're like stuck sitting there for 35 minutes? When I travel this land, look exploring our rails, our airports, our our structures all across this country, all I think because I'm a depressing person right. is my god, humans are capable of so much greatness. And my God, so many people must have died making this, whether it's the <laughs> yes. rails or these big majestic buildings that are 100 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, and crime and, and all that is terrible. And I'm, I'm obviously being flippant, but there are times where you still have to go. The New York City subway system is amazing. It's got a lot of pro- it's got problems that that ebb and flow, but it is an amazing system for two dollars yeah. and ninety cents. I, you know, I got here. Not that much slower than a $65 lift would have right. taken me to yeah. get from point A to point B. So, uh, New York City, uh, we love you. I love being back in the Bronx. Um, it's it's my favorite. Um, I just, I like it. I like the beigeness of it. You know, I feel like. It's underrated, bro. It feels, I feel like the, the ugly duckling when I'm in the Bronx. I'm like, oh, it's beige here. Yeah. This is my community. Right. Even right. if I'm not technically one of them. It came together. Irish and Haitian becomes light-skinned Hispanic. Right. And that, I mean, that is the borough of the light-skinned light Hispanic. And dark. Yes. And dark-skinned. Yep. Though we don't talk to them. <laughs> uh, as my father once said to me, this is my father. He has passed on. Try canceling him now. He once said to me, <laughs> Dominicans, <laughs> darker than me and say they're not black. How stupid. Well, dad, your dad was Haitian, right? Yeah. Big, long-time beef. Right. Haitians I'm sure. And Dominicans. I'm sure. But it's also that, I mean, I have a joke on half blackface about hearing a, Domin- a dark, Domin- a dark skinned Dominican guy. I, I refer to him as big poppy esque Dominican. Yeah. Just saying I ain't black, but throwing the N word at the end, the slang, the, ho- the soft <laughs> A. Yeah. Misdemeanor A. I know black puppy. And oh, but it wasn't poppy, he said. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like if you are that adamant about not being black, you definitely shouldn't say the N word. Unless you're really trying to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, anyway, the Emmys, we're going to talk a little bit of Emmys uh, while it's still mildly uh, relevant. Um, before we get to the main topic today, but the Emmys, I watched the Emmys. I thought they were great. They were competing with football, playoff football mm. and like the Iowa caucus. So yeah. ratings were really down, but I, I felt almost bad because I was like this. I thought it was a really good show. They brought casts from like 
legendary shows back, like Sopranos 25th anniversary, Rob Reiner, and who was the woman with him on All in the Family? His wife on All in the Family, if you remember the actress. I, if somebody said her name, I'd be like, of course. Yeah. But um, cheers too, right? Cheers. Yeah. It was just of what I didn't see all of it because I was literally like flipping through three big things sort of culturally. Yeah. But um, I thought it was great. Um, but I do have <clears throat> some notes. Beef. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with the Emmys. Right. Um, beef. It's what's for dinner, according to Sam Elliott. But it's it was a good show that I feel like everybody got very wrapped up in. And the last two episodes of Beef to me fell the fuck apart. It was like complete chaos. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that shouldn't, if 20% of your show is kind of a mess at the end, shouldn't that, and nobody can stop talking about how Game of Thrones, but they fucked up the ending. Game of Thrones was so awesome. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't give a shit if the ending wasn't perfect. It was a six season, yeah. like thing we've never seen before on TV. It's a fun ride. Oh, you know. You know. Yeah. And I mean, even, and let's not act like some of the episodes in the final season weren't awesome. Was right. the Night King battle a big mess? No, it was awesome. But Beef, I felt like people were like, Beef, have you seen Beef? Have you seen Beef? It's amazing. And I was like, it's good. Yeah. At which point people are like, oh, wow, you didn't like Beef? I, I say, <laughs> I just said it was good. Really? I loved it. I liked it. Oh, well, I thought it was good. So we're at my point again that it was good. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it was uh, beef. I just thought, I, I thought, honestly, Fleischman in Trouble did not expect to love that show on Hulu. I thought that was amazing. You don't didn't th- get uh, credit. Yeah, I, I, I didn't finish it. I watched, I, I it kind of, it got a little boring for me, but. I I guess we're doing the same thing that you just said. Mr. Have you seen that 1950s Italian film? It's amazing. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Was Fleischman in trouble? Boring. Ah, fine. And fine. But Poker Face, I was shocked, wasn't a bigger contender in limited series. Yeah. Poker Face was awesome. I haven't watched, but I'm open to it. And I'm not even a, hey, Natasha Leone, hey, yeah. what's up? I'm like a hey, character. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. I'm a character from a 1950s play about New York. Hey, buddy, what's up with you? And so I've been often turned off by her. She is great in Poker Face, and Poker Face was great. Yeah. I just felt like Beef had that sort of, like, Succession, Sopranos, Chernobyl level of like, well, it's inevitable. I mean, beef. Did you see beef? Right. It's amazing. Right. I was like, it was good. Yeah. It should have been a little more competitive, I thought, in that field. Um, I blame everything everywhere all at once for this sudden Asian fetish in yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Anyway, The Bear, not a comedy. And the fact that season one ran the table in the comedy category uh, is doubly reared because season two is the great season. Season mm-hmm. one is the like very good season. I feel like the voters didn't even give a shit. I feel like they were like, didn't we just watch season two? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, no, this should not have run the table. And once again, we've done this before. I know you hated nice comedy where I think I first talked about the bear. Funny should have something to do with the best comedy. Category. I do. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. And the the other two not being nominated, let alone not winning, is a stain on comedy in 2023-24. Because that was the best comedy on TV, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. the last couple of years. And the last thing is, I love Succession. I think the song, boom, 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 I think that song is so good that voters were like, "Mm, I'm kind of torn between, which song do I get to hear if they're announced as the winner? Succession? Succession. (laughs) Um, 
Why but, did you have a favorite for the song that wasn't Succession? No, no, Succession is Succession is is one of the it was like a top ten all time theme song to mm-hmm. me. Just but but for no it doesn't even match the show. It's just so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a banger, as the kids would say. But my one beef with Succession is it became participation trophies like Kieran Culkin. I'm going to call you out by name, Kieran Culkin. Consider this the Cat Williams segment of the show. Uh, by the way, I was Cat Williams like a decade before Cat Williams. <laughs> you may find it funny, but it's the absolute truth. And nobody can ever point to a single lie in anything I've ever said. I've read 3,000 books and the man is gay. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, I, Kieran Culkin, whenever I hear him interviewed or speak, I'm like, oh, that's you. You are a dick. Yeah. You are a snarky dick. And they just gave you lines and said, Kieran, we're going to call you Roman, yeah. but really just be Kieran for yeah. the next four seasons. Whereas at least Jeremy Strong, as pretentious as he is, I feel like he's really going somewhere with yeah. his fucking character. And Brian Cox is great. Kieran Culkin, congratulations. We're calling that a participation trophy Emmy. Um, so many more deserving people. And I'm only saying this because I'm confident that you're probably a dick. <laughs> You come off so dickish that, you know, I didn't consider it acting. Kind of like when I found out Jim Parsons uh, actually talked like this yeah. in interviews. I was like, oh, I thought that was a character he was doing for Big Bang Theory. Like, oh, Leonard. Well, actually, Penny, you work at the Cheesecake Factory. And then I hear him in interviews and he's like, oh, I'm very happy to be in this interview. I'm like, oh, you didn't act. You didn't act. Get out of here. Give it to somebody else. Anyway, guys, we're going to talk about somebody who's definitely not acting after the break. Donald Trump and... His piece of shit followers in a minute. (laughs) And we're back, everybody. How was that break for you, Mike? It was great. I thought it was cool. You actually had to cool me off because you you rarely compliment me, but I was was firing heat right in the first quarter. I told you to settle in the pocket like a drummer. And then I... And you hated that. Yeah, so. I was like, too jazzy. Yeah, yeah. Too jazzy. I'd rather do heroin. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Trump because Trump, as of this recording, just won the Iowa caucus. Yes. B- landslide. Blew out his his competition, Ron DeSantis and, and Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy. Can't forget him. Yeah, and whoever else was there. Asa Hutchinson. Who? Exactly. Right. Um, but now we're in this now. Trump, as soon as he wins New Hampshire... It's over. It's a wrap. It'll be a wrap. He's going to trounce Nikki Haley in her own state of South Carolina. And then they're all going to get out, the remaining two, and go, I endorse Trump because things are so bad under Joe Biden that we we, we have to band together and support Trump. And there's a basic thing I've wanted to say for some time because I was very hard on Trump supporters in 2016. Um, And I used to have a bit, and pardon my use of the R word. It's an old bit. It's yeah. an old bit, but I had a bit that I said in Cleveland that I think got me a little in trouble because it was the same show where I discussed, I was in Cleveland for a week host, uh, featuring, and twice on their big bridge, uh, I had seen men with their dicks out. One time, the guy appeared like a drug addict, and he just had his dick out of his pants, like stumbling <laughs> along. And the next time, it was a man vigorously masturbating at like the peak of the bridge. I don't huh. know if it was a performance art thing or I can only come with the sunset. It was Cleveland, you said? Cleveland. I doubt it was performance art. Right. <laughs> but I made I made a joke about this and then somebody was offended by that because uh, it was very crude and I go, well, it was your fucking city. <laughs> right, right. Uh, 
I was just trying to go for a walk, lady. <laughs> right. It's your fellow citizens who were pulling out their dicks while I was going for a walk. Yeah, yeah. Um, twice in a four-day span. That's weird. It's like, you know, there was that bridge at Cornell that kids always killed themselves off of or something. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently the bridge in Cleveland, people can't help but masturbate or pull their dicks out when yeah. they're there. But the other bit I did was the four R's of Republicans. Mm. And I said, there's only four reasons to be a Republican. Now, I was ahead of my time. This was like 2013. This is, you know, Mitt Romney, George W. Bush times. And I said, if you're rich, religious, racist, or retarded. I apologize for that word. I wouldn't use it today. No, that's a funny bit. But it was alliterative. It was alliterative. I could probably find four new words that are all alliterative that mean the same thing um, without, without being as offensive. But it stands now. I, I I have uh, there's only one category if you're a Trump voter in 2024, just one. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> it covers all the R's. Yeah, it does. It's <laughs> it's because we are now at a point uh, of that I don't think people realize because religion is no longer the opiate of the masses as far as America is concerned. It's content. Mm. Content yeah. keeps us engaged. It keeps us feeling like activists. It distracts us. It does all the things except actually doing something. So we, you know, it's hard to be fired up if you're just sitting in front of a 65 inch TV watching The Crown or The Bear, you know, or or Crown Bears, and <laughs> you're. So, so we've, we've sort of like our politicians have both become more of a danger, but feel less dangerous to a lot of people. You know, Donald Trump, if I'm Donald Trump, I almost don't blame him as much as I blame his supporters at this point. I think it's almost the balance has shifted because Donald Trump is one man. He's also not a smart man, but he does know what hate is, Jenny. <laughs> and at this point, he's just reacting. He's like, a virus that's like adapted and is like, oh, they'll let me get away with this. So right. I'll do that. Right. None of this shit people should get away with or have gotten away with, but they'll let me. So I'll just mutate and be that because apparently if I say I'm a dictator, nothing happens. Right. So I'm a dictator. Right. And if I rape women, I'm okay. Civil suit aside, I'm I'm like cool. I'm good. I'll still fuck models and a bunch of dumb racist blondes from the South will want to suck my dick. Great. I guess I'm that. Yeah. So it's at this point, he's like out of, it's almost like it's out. I don't want to say out of his control, but it's sort of like he's now responding to the mob almost like he, he brought them out. He inspired them, but now they set the contours for what he can be. And the, the truth is, 74 million people voted for him in 2020. That's 74 million pieces of shit. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and there's, I've always said in 2016, I was harsh. But here's the thing, if any of you guys are listening, if your son or daughter had recently died of an opioid overdose and uh, you lost your job, um, and Hillary Clinton came to your house and punched you in the face. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to judge you if you like Trump. You like Trump? Hey, that's my, you know, I, I'm desperate. Yeah. I'm desperate. I'm not interested right now. Like, like it's like if you feel like you're on your deathbed and the only doctor who can help you is like, name a bad doctor. 
feel good. Doctor yeah, feel good say. from Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're Dr. not going to go. I'd rather die. Yeah. You'll say, please. I just, I'm, I'm my, my human survival instincts have kicked in. Save me. Yeah. There are people who I'm sure felt like that. There were Obama Trump voters. There were people who maybe never voted who felt like I feel forgotten. I feel, or I'm in certain specific dire straits that make me desperate for survival or for, for, for my family's sake. I need something different because what's going on isn't working. So maybe Something different. I'm not a smart man or woman, but I something different could always work. Fine. Now, <clears throat> by 2020, a lot of people had realized, oh no, he was even worse than we sort of anticipated. Yeah. But by 2024, he's telling you, I'm worse than that. <laughs> I'm a horrible, horrible human being. And uh-oh, texting. You're good. And so when you have that kind of situation, the only people who would vote for him, in my humble opinion, which is not humble at all, are pieces of shit. And then the question becomes, what do we do? Because at this point, I don't think this is one of those when people blame Democrats for communication and, well, well we have to do this. And we, Joe Biden's not communicating well enough. No, Joe Biden is communicating fine. Most people don't want to look for it or are willfully gargling bullshit. Like when I see people interviewed in the New York Times and on TV and, and obviously getting their Newsmax, OAN and Fox News going, I mean, we need Trump back. This economy is terrible. And in polls, majority of even Republicans will say, like, my situation's good, yeah. but I know it's horrible out there. Yeah. So it's they're not even bank. They're not even claiming their own status as like I'm in dire straits. Now they're just like, I want to believe a fairy tale. Where my big fat racist white savior, which I think is the sequel or spinoff to my big fat Greek wedding, I think they <laughs> want volume four. <laughs> John Corbett is, and I think they want they want to believe it. You're dealing with people who are now operating on a faith based sort of you know they they want to believe things that are not true. So when people say, "Well, the Biden messaging," no. We need to go to plan B, which is how do you deal with a country when half of the voters, not half of the people, there's a lot of cynics and a lot of uh, children who aren't voting, <laughs> but you basically have half the voting, roughly half the voting population, give or take a couple percentage points, who are living the, in a, a weird white pity fantasy. Mm. So what do you do with that? Uh, I'm going to tell you, man, I felt um, after I saw the results of Iowa, having not paid attention to it while it was happening, I, I checked in the next day and saw that he won by 51%. I was very deterred. I was like, man, not that I ever thought that Nikki Haley or anybody else on the ballot could really challenge him, but we lived through this already. And not only do I... Uh, I, not only do I think he's going to just dominate whatever caucuses are left. I mean, he is a ob the obvious Republican nominee. Right. I don't think that there is a chance that Biden beats him. Wow. Do you feel differently? I do. I do. But but once again, like Hillary Clinton, like Joe Biden, like Joe Biden a second time, this is, here's my analogy. It's a very simple analogy. You own a store, Mike. Yes. You own you own Slickback Studio. I own a studio, right. Now, 
you need a studio manager, your CEO, you're do, busy at the high end, making deals, putting out content. You need a day-to-day office manager. Yeah. Two, two possibilities. Yeah. One is a slightly overqualified, annoying woman or a very qualified older gentleman with a lot of experience in the field of podcast studio maintenance and management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, I don't vibe with, I mean, they're, they're not like my people. Like, I don't you know, the annoying lady, like she'll do a good job, but do I want to work with her? And the old guy seems pretty cool, but like, what do we, he's, an, he's like super old, I don't know. And then the third option is a guy who just got out of jail for burning your last studio to the ground. <laughs> I uh, listen. I think I know yeah. the one person you're not gonna hire. <laughs> but you're all right. So I agree. I the, the analogy is not lost on me. And uh, I you're the thing is the two the two of us agree on the fact that we would never vote for him. There's no chance. Right. The thing that I'm concerned with this time around is. Uh, and obviously, maybe there's research that sort of disproves what I'm about to say that I just haven't read or whatever. I Do am curious. <laughs> I am curious to know what a swing voter v- thinks in this election. Who? Well, they don't think because they're extremely limited. The swing voters? Yes. If you're a swing voter in this country right now, you are of. You're the only person dumber than you're not as. You might not be as big a piece of shit. Yeah. But you're dumber than a Trump voter if you're a swing voter. Right. But this, so this is the thing, man. I, I just I think that I'm not going to say that. I Are think, you smarter than a swing voter is actually my new game show that I'm bringing to Fox soon. I, I don't think I don't think that Biden has done a a bad job as as the president. I don't think he's done a particularly like, great job. And I think that he. I don't know what he could have done to have appeared to have been doing a great job, but I kind of think to swing the people that are like the, you know, they, maybe they are the the dumb swing voters of America, but like to swing those white people that are potentially going to lose their coal mining jobs or whatever. Well, they've already lost them. That's the thing I love. Yes, of course. And to be honest, to be honest, good. I'm talking to you, (laughs) unemployed coal miner watching this show. I'm glad you don't have a job. (laughs) <laughs> if you voted for Trump, yeah. If you voted for Biden, you have my sympathy. But do you do you feel where Mike where I'm coming from? Like, do you? Of course. Like, uh, that, th- that's the thing that kind of scares me is that. And this he, is what I'm dubbing the final Iowa. solution. Yeah. This is what I'm dubbing. I'm trademarking <laughs> the fine. No, I. The. We are in we are in a spot now where what I'm saying is let's accept reality. Yeah. Seventy million Americans live in a fucking fantasy land. Yeah. What do we do about the other 250 minus the kids? <laughs> I don't I don't know what the yeah. adult population, the adult population of America, like what that number is. Subtract the 70 million for Trump. They are lost causes. Yeah. Like in 2024. And I know you, you can't stop. To, yes, you can. As far as I'm concerned, you can tell them to fuck off till they die (laughs) because they're trying to they're trying to ruin everything. Yeah. And I know they're going, well, that's what they say about you. You liberals, JL. And I go, but they're fucking idiots. (laughs) So this is the great question about this election, man. The question is, is America at large now just kind of showing us their ass and like the. If if there's overwhelming support for Trump again after living through four years of it and he's been, you know, twice impeached and he's literally 
spending the next month or more in court. Uh, I mean, isn't that sort of a message from the like general American people yes. that they want to go backwards? Yes. Which is, you know, a kind of a scary concept. Yes, because but that the question that raises for me, and I know people people just think like, oh, you're not like, do I leave the country? And I don't mean that like I'm in danger. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't want to pretend like I'm in a vulnerable population. You're talking about choosing to live somewhere choosing else. Choosing because yeah. it's like I have to assume if half the country that votes voted for him, I can extrapolate that to half the country either doesn't give a shit yeah. or is cool with him. Right. So that's half the country. Right. And you sort of go, a country that I don't know what's scarier, the stupidity or the 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 moral bankruptcy. Right. Like I think the moral bankruptcy is scarier because we're now like a country that prides itself on inherited greatness. And founding fathers aside, I know the complicated legacy of slavery, of of all the bad shit that's gone in this country. But subsequent generations in this country, for all their flaws, have done great things to get us to where we are. Yeah. Whether and, and, and working men and women have done great things collectively to get us where we are. We are now like kind of that grandson or great grandson that's rich and like I'm broke, but I have a, a fucking flat screen team. Like, like even if I'm not doing that well, I still have some nice devices. Basic luxuries. Basic luxuries. Yeah. But it's also the middle, like, we are, we've given up. One half of the country lives in a fantasy where they're both all powerful and great and never stop being super victims. Yet they'll throw that in the face of every other actually discriminating against group. Like, get over it. Work right. hard. That's the answer. Right. But I need Trump because um, I used to be, being white used to be the thing and now right. it's not. Right, right, right. right. Uh, and it's, it's <laughs> pathetic. It's pathetic, and Trump has empowered the pathetic. Well, and it's and all- that's the allure. That's the allure yeah. of him. But notice, like when Obama got elected, this is, a, this is a good example because part of the idea, especially in black people's minds, I remember I, I liked Obama from the start. I yeah. felt a, a deep kinship to my half black immigrant, half white Irish brother. <laughs> but until he won Iowa, black people not not a hundred percent, but there was a lot of skepticism from black people in terms of his blackness, but also is this another pipe dream? Mm-hmm. And when he won over resoundingly like corny corn white people, it was like, oh, we can back a winner. Yeah, it's for real. But there right. was not it was not about the the collective oppression of black people for centuries didn't go, what if we get flavor flav? Because that'll trigger the whites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, no, no, we want an exception, an exceptional uh, person who both instills us with pride and also we'll get the, we, we have to, we're a minority. Yeah. We need the, we need white people to be on board with him also. So he brought a greatness in himself that was both uh, uh, um, exemplary and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a standout example for, for his own people, but also something that white people could, could, could embrace. Yeah. Whereas the opposite is not true. Like, if you had told, you know, I could even understand as weird as he is, if like Elon Musk had been elected president, which I don't know if he could have been, I think he's born in another, but anyway, at least you could be like, but he's this like tech genius. And yeah. the argument for him could be like, no, we're doing this because we think he's got like 
these new ideas and 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 the racist part of me is like look at this white guy inventing all this cool stuff but trump <laughs> it was about look at how all these women and blacks and immigrants hate our big fat white mascot yeah, yeah you know yeah. like there is this like yeah like this this motivated by i'll show them right obama was not nominated because it was like watch the whites get triggered it was like no the what the whites will like him too yeah Everybody will like him, yeah. even though he never won a majority of the white vote. No Democrat has won a majority of the white vote for president since 1964. You know what happened in 1965? The Voting Rights Act. And once, <laughs> once those blacks got their rights, white people said, never again, never forget, everybody. This is our 9-11, even though I don't know what 9-11 is yet. This is that. So I think what I'm posing as a question almost, but is... What's the next step? We have to accept the reality now. This idea of we have to get out the vote. We have to outvote. This 70 million person block is, is, is locked in. They are a fucking delusional batch of fecal matter. Right. You have to, and then you have to just continue to legally and constitutionally suppress them, meaning outvote them every time. Well, it, it it actually is a really because interesting... what's the plan B if they win? If they win, what it, like the idea that people who are who are okay with a man of this caliber and lack of substantive talent? Yeah, he has television charisma. I give him that. He he lacks substance. He lacks interest. He lacks uh, integrity. He lacks anything that we've generally considered a good virtue. Yeah, and on top of that. He does not care for the bedrock principles of this country or its foundation, the things that make democracy work. He is a zero out of 10 on anything you would want in a president. And if this country picks him, the question for me becomes, what do you do then? Because that is who this country is then. So it's funny that you say that and you were talking about potentially leaving the not like necessarily in like a serious way. But I actually was thinking about this recently. You very rarely, we have not had a wave of people, a wave of immigration out of America. Like people who are like, well, we were American, but things got so crazy back there that we just left and now we live in Switzerland or whatever. Um, Obviously, immigration to some of these other countries that you'd want to live in are not as easy. I'm going to be like a black jazz artist going to Paris, (laughs) except it'll be for stand up. Right. But this is the thing. So this, this is the thing, JL. The people that are making the choice to not vote for for Trump, obviously, are, I think, in a lot of places, the more sort of like elite type of people. Like, I think we would be considered more like coastal elites. So what is stopping those people from saying, fuck it, like this country doesn't really represent me or my values anymore. Maybe I will go try to live in Paris or Italy or something like that. Everybody's constantly going on vacation to those places anyway. And they come back and they say, man, if I could just, if I could spend a few years living in Paris, how great would that be? Maybe it is. We are getting to a point where America is showing itself to be the country of Trump voters. We're, we're in the Don Jr. phase of America. Right. We started as a hardworking racist named Fred Trump who <laughs> built a lot of things. You got you got to admit that he was a piece of shit. But like he's the, he's America up until like 1865. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Crow and like World War II is Trump. Yeah. Minus the World War II service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And now we're just in the Don Jr. phase, which is like you have a famous name, you have a lot of wealth, you have access, you have power inherited from that. But you're really just like you're 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 just gonna like fade into obscurity just yeah. on a bed of money and meaning nothing anymore. Right. Just off of past inherited charisma and development. Right. right. But I just think my my question, my thing is the we have to accept the fact that there is a, a a 70 million person block in this country that doesn't understand civics or what this what a democracy is or don't care uh about it yeah. and and they and i think when you say this doesn't represent my values i think what i'm seeing and i've seen it in friends of mine you know acquaintances and friends who will say they're not voting or something i think there is a deep deep rooted value of selfishness that we've mm. everybody who's human has some selfish instincts yeah. and impulses but we used to have more of a collective value system i think as well uh, in certain ways there's always been an underbelly to this country that was not living up to those values but there was also you know you could say in world war ii we had jim crow but we also did have 20 million people go to war to help defend freedom and 100%. liberate Jewish people and Europe. There's an idea so, of a greater good. Right. right. So like even when we were doing bad things, there was also something you could point to that also showed. But at our best, we have a strong collective value system that we act on. Yeah. I don't think we have that right. Or I should say right now, it will take more than a lot of people are showing. There should be 130 million people voting for Joe Biden. And imagine if you saw that and said, oh, we're safe. Because even though there's 70 million people, I know that they are a fucking skid mark on the underwear that is American unity. <laughs> but instead, what we're going to see is uh, it comes down to a fucking town in uh, Colorado for who will fucking be president. Dude, JL, I'm telling you, just based off of like people that I know outside of, of New York City and everything, I don't think it's going to come down to any towns. I think Trump is going to win in like a landslide. I really do. I'm not no, I'm not no. hoping that that happens. I you know, I'm not voting for that guy, but I just I got a really for, bad feeling. Brother Cornell West, brother Cornell, we have to do something different. I'd vote Mike, for just about anybody. Mike, we have to do something different. Brother Biden is getting on. Brother Trump wants to be a dictator. We have to vote for brother Cornell West. I just I don't think it's even going to I don't think it's going to be I think the country is right now already so divided and Fair enough. Where we see something like January 6th and we just say like, well, that was obviously uh, uh, treasonous. Like, I'm glad people are getting arrested for it. And it was a like a really an act of domestic terrorism. The people that vote for Trump think that it was an act of heroism. And there is enough of those people, I think, the white majority voter that yeah. is just at best apathetic about all that stuff. That well, happened. you got what well, part of that, right? They are pathetic. Um <laughs> You know, and and I hope like I, I will never stop visiting Mitch McConnell's grave to urinate on it yeah. when he dies, because Bad the guy. truth is the weakest people in this whole fucking country are Republicans in the Senate who had a chance and a yeah. constitutional duty and knew it yep. and knew it. They could have voted his ass out, uh, but, you know, convicted him and he would be barred from running. Right. And you know what? You know, if you like conservatives, you'd have a Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley president. Right. That and I like Biden. I do like Biden, but I can face facts that in this climate, for whatever fucking reason, no matter how good the economy gets or however much he tries to do things on, you know, but not promote them enough, he would uh, be losing to one of those two. So uh, everybody, 
Donald Trump, we're back in his world and um, it's a sad and pathetic world. And uh, who knew that the feelings of useless pieces of shit, when they come together, like if the, if this is my, the lesson, Jerry Springer's final thought before yeah. you comment. Yeah, talk. Yeah. If, if pathetic, stupid, racist, ignorant pieces of shit can come together and form a giant country changing pile of shit to support Donald Trump. <laughs> Imagine what people who read, who learn, who care about other people, if they would come together for the greater good. Um, it's like we learn nothing from the finale of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So uh, with that, God help us all. Um, it's We're in bad shape. Look to your left, look to your right. At least one of those people is probably a Trump-loving piece of shit. So run away as fast as you can. We'll be back in a minute with Comedy Talk. And we're back, everybody, like for Mike's it. favorite segment, Comedy Talk. I love it. You know I love it. I think it's a nice palate cleanser after talking about Trump, one of the men who uh, ostensibly killed comedy in the United States. He did, um, except for my career. Yeah. He gave it brief life. <laughs> but the punchdown of the week this week, we gave Scott Pelley the week off because apparently there's some like big time podcasters coming in here soon. And even he wasn't worthy to be in the room with them. Uh, but I posted a, 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 a thing to Twitter or X. And there is a guy, I don't know if you've seen this on social media. His name is Noah, and he's a football player, high school football player, and he visited West Virginia. He's been recruited by, like, some 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 big D1 schools. Mm -hmm. And his last name is K-N-I-G-G-A. K-N-I-G-G-A. N-I-G-G. Okay. Okay. Now, I'll say, I had to do the math on it. And I was like, say, it spells what I think it spells. I'll say it first. The K is not silent. <laughs> really? Yes. And That's so, the kid's actual name? Yes. And oh, his, boy. And his, is, he, is he black? Uh, he is white as snow. Wow. Ugh. And his, his name, his, his, his name, life. his first name is Noah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> in what uh, i think is uh -oh. other than steve kerr naming his son nick yeah i think this is oh. the greatest name <laughs> I ever that, i didn't know that he did that <laughs> i don't know that he did i don't know if that's just a street but joke that's not as bad as this did. uh hi i'm nick kerr it's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. Oh no! <laughs> but this one has the benefit of like being a whole phrase. Yeah. Noah, yeah, yeah. K N I G G A. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah, believe yeah, it's yeah. pronounced K K K Niga, K Niga. That's how they pronounce it. I believe so. That's how nobody will ever pronounce it. They must have just been like, we can't. This can't be the way we say the last name. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. But then somebody, I wrote a joke saying. Well, they've been saying this his name in West Virginia for decades, <laughs> so I think it's a perfect fit. The SEC really missed out. That was my joke. That's good. And, of, of course, it took very little time for somebody on X slash Twitter to go, it's actually pronounced, the jo oh, I'm sorry, the joke doesn't work because it's pronounced K-Niga. And I said, 
you don't work because you're blocked. <laughs> Not every punch down of the week earns a block, but yeah, that was yeah. a punch down of a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he will never see my content again. He's a haymaker. Yeah. Um, so I, one special that I would recommend, I don't have an in-depth talk about, and I've got to get out of here because successful podcasters are waiting on the, on the, on the docks. Oh. And no denial there from Mike. <laughs> but I will say this. Uh, I watched Nick Mullen's special yes. on uh, YouTube. It's a YouTube special, so all you cheapies can go watch it for free. Um, Nick Mullins is kind of an interesting character. When Dan Ninen was at his peak or of notoriety, me and Nick had some exchanges on social media because we were independently big targets of his. Mm. Um, but then Nick became a very big podcast star. Positive exchanges with Nick? Oh, with Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were like commiserating over That's, like, check okay. out what he sent me. And yeah. I was like, oh, geez. Yeah. He sent me this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you try to form those nice bonds with future stars in comedy. <laughs> but as it always works out, uh, haven't heard from him in years. <laughs> Something about him being a millionaire and wildly successful, I guess. <laughs> you purge JL first. That's yeah, the, yeah. the first rule of successful comedy club is you don't talk about JL. <laughs> so his special was called. Oh, God. What was it? The year of... Can you look it up for me? It's yeah. something of the dragon. I want to say the year of the dragon or the house of the dragon, but I don't think he would have done that because HBO would be on his ass. It's called the year of the, the dragon. The year of the dragon. Yeah. And there's nothing for me to really describe in the special, to be honest. There's nothing for me to be like, he did this bit, but he did attack Italians specifically, which I laughed at because the only other comic to attack Italians better in the last year was me on <laughs> Half Blackface. <laughs> Um, and, but it opens, the special opens with like credits and then the MC brings them out and he falls and they like freeze it. And it was such a funny beginning because it, it simultaneously didn't feel planned yeah. and felt completely planned. Yeah. And I think it was planned, but it's a very good, he's a very sort of original loosey goosey kind of comic. Um, he's very funny. He's, I, I, he's. Yeah. Yeah. He's very, it's, it's a, it's not a perfect special, but I don't mean it to be like, I don't want to present it like, yeah, he just kind of got up there and was funny and riffed. Yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely like a set that he, that he really did. And it was very funny. It wasn't perfect, but it's, it's a little different. It's still very stand up comedy, but it just felt like I was watching something. Like, oh, good. This is like a little bit, a little bit different than a lot of the shit I see, yeah. but still kind of within the mainstream structure of stand up. So, uh, the year of the dragon, Nick Mons, it gets a thumbs up from me. Obviously I've said good things and bad things about specials here. So if you're, if this week you're looking for something fun to watch, uh, I'm always in the game for, uh, sharing people's YouTube specials. Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't reciprocate obviously, <laughs> but that's okay. They don't have to reciprocate because what's going to happen is I'm going to come out with a new special and it's going to blow people away, brother Mike. So, uh, I think that's, uh, who knew that Cornell, that Dartmouth East was going to show up, uh, in, in Scott Pelley's place. I've always been, I've been trying to get him on the show for weeks, but yeah. you know, he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, totally out of his mind. He yeah. thinks he's going to be president, but maybe he can ruin it for Joe Biden. Cause that's what a real America, if you've learned nothing from this episode, you know, uh, it's all about you. It's no, it's all about, it's all about, uh, getting Trump back in the white house. Oh, if, you're, right. if you're a real American. Right. Right. Um, so that's it guys. Uh, thanks for listening. We're bumping. I was just told by producer Mike, we're bumping this one up. So references you might've heard to last week's episode, that's next week's episode. <laughs> See what we did? Brother Mike going to put this one up now, and then he's going to get a law enforcement episode next week. That's called a preview. So I will see you next time.
Thursday.